But listen, I want you to be thinking about what was the best thing that happened to you in 2016. All right? Think about the best thing that happened. I know it's something special that happened in your family, but I don't know if you'd call it the best thing, right? But, and then talk about what was the hardest thing. Like, something just didn't go right in 2016. It's like, man, that was tough. That's a tough year. You know, maybe you went through a growth spurt and you grew out of your clothes and you had to go get new clothes, whatever. So what do you think about this? What do you guys think? Yeah, and Thanksgiving was in November? Yeah. And um, I played outside with my cousins with Nerf Gun. Also with you played outside with his cousins with a Nerf Gun. By the, this is a great story, by the way. Keep and going. And also with my brothers. With your brothers, yeah. yeah Oscar. Oscar, yeah. Um, and Felix. Oh, really? He was too afraid of the Nerf gun? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet day. That was like a good day, right? Awesome. What else? What do you got? No? Can't think of anything? Anything that just didn't go good? No? No? Sister took your toys? No? No? Anything? What do you got? You don't know? Just keep thinking about that, all right? You got anything? You think good? No? Is it hard being in front of all these people? Yeah? If you think about something, let me know, or at least tell your parents, okay? Something good to happen or something that wasn't so good, all right? All right, okay, go ahead. Bless you guys. See you. All right, yeah, give it up for the kids. Pastor Brady put us in awkward positions. That's awesome. The adults are like, please don't make us come up and do that. I'm going to... I'm just going to stay down here. We're going to be family today. We're just going to stay down close by. So I want you to be, I want you guys to be thinking about that. I got some help last night because we're going to, uh, thinking about this topic, we're going to look back. We're going to glance back. We're going to spend too much time looking back because we can't do anything about what's behind us, right? But let's glance back and then we're going to take some time this morning to gaze forward and spend some time looking forward to what, what is coming um, in the new year. So I, I spoke with some friends of mine and I asked them, I said, give me some highs and lows or fills and drains, things that were really, really good, things that were really, really difficult in 2016. And so I got stuff like uh, my, uh, my dad had a stroke. Now this is not me, this is my friends that were sharing this with me. My dad had a stroke, that was definitely a low. Uh, learning to minister to others and opportunities to, to use my gifts and skills to minister to others was a high. And I thought that was exciting. Pastors love to hear that stuff. Uh, another low was uh, there's a family situation where a brother is just uh, struggling with drug addiction and just it really brings like you know when there's that one person in your family that's got some really difficult things going on in their life it seems like everybody focuses on that which is okay because we want to help those people walk through those things but it was a difficult time that was a definitely a low moment on the other end of that though there were some really high moments where they spent a lot of time together their whole family was together and they went to vacation on vacation together and they uh, conquered some fears together while they were there they like did a zip line in Branson which only a few people really wanted to do that but the two of the people that didn't really want to do that did it anyway and felt good at the other end because they like they conquered their fears together which I think is as awesome the family does that together I asked uh, a young person, I said, what about some highs and lows for you? Physics happened to be a low moment. I don't know if you've ever taken physics. <laughs> I stayed away from classes like that. I took PE. Um, 
excelled in lunch. I was really good at lunch, uh, which is why I need to lose about 20 pounds, sorry, because I was really good at lunch. Uh, some, uh, I talked about facing the fear, and that was a really high moment in their life. And so what about you? What about you? So I want you to think about what are some, like what's a moment, maybe one or two moments that you think, this was just a difficult, difficult moment in my life. And there may be more than one. There may be lots of them. And one of the things I want you to understand is you're not alone in that. That we all have moments where as we look back and we say, that was, not, that was not a good moment. It was not a good day. That was not nearly as good as Nerf gun fights in the yard with cousins. I mean, that's a good day. But maybe you just had some difficult, difficult things. As a church, we walked through the most difficult thing you could possibly experience with a couple different families when they lost uh, a loved one. The... the Parents having to say goodbye to their children permanently like that is not a good thing. And we had that, those situations. When you get involved in church, you start to realize that there's a lot of stuff that goes on that we're going to walk through together. And it's not all good. It's going to be difficult times. What about you? Any, any thoughts? Difficult? I want you to process that in your mind. What are, what are some difficult things you've walked through in 2016? Uh, what are some good things, though? What are some great things that happened in 2016? Uh, I know in our family there's some great high moments, things that we uh, experienced uh, while we were just living out the last 365. So think about some high moments, too, because it's not all bad. I mean, I know in life there are things that fill us up and there's things that drain us, and it can't always be fills. It can't always be the good stuff. I mean, that's just not reality. And we can try to escape to that as much as we want, but it's not reality. It's not going to always be that way, right? right? There's going to be some things that kind of drain us too. I want you, to, I want you to, to gaze forward now with me. I want you to dream a little bit. Dream a little bit for your family. One, one dream my young person that I was talking to uh, shared with me is that her dream is to see her uncle that's got so many issues to get well. Like to come out on the other end and like be productive and effective in, the, in society and, and, and get rid of this, this thing that's just holding him back. That would be a dream. Um, there was also a young person that had a dream that their sister would get married and move out so she could have her own bathroom. I know that's, that's a dream for many, you know. <laughs> We, uh, we weren't really dreaming about this, and we always mess around with our kids about this, but in 2017, our nest will be empty because they'll all be off to doing their own thing. And I thought about that, though, last night. It was like at midnight, it was my wife and I, and our grandbaby was upstairs sleeping, but everybody else was gone. It's kind of a bittersweet moment. Sweet, because my wife was like, high five, yeah, we got the whole year to figure this deal out. It's going to be good. Um, Let's dream a little bit, you know, as far as like developing more intimacy with your heavenly father. It's kind of like the cross. Remember, it's the, the vertical and the horizontal. We get, we're going to develop more relationship, more intimacy with God as we then learn to love others more effectively. That's something we could dream about uh, in the future. Maybe closer relationships within your family. Maybe closer Maybe you are someone to think, man, I just wish my kids were closer to their father. I wish, my, kid, I wish my, my kids wouldn't argue so much with their mother. I wish our uncles and aunts, I wish we'd spend more time together. I wish we had those kind of things as we dream about those things, as we gaze forward in 2017. How about for your church? How about for the church? If, you're a, if you are a regular part of this church, 
Do you dream? Do you have dreams for the church? I mean, don't just think it's just my dream. I mean, I have dreams. I have expectations, things that I would love to see happen here in the Calling Community Church. I mean, I don't necessarily think we're ready for every seat to be filled. I don't think we can handle that capacity yet. I don't think we have enough leaders in place to really, to really, um, to love those people well. But I think we are developing that. And that's one of my dreams is develop leaders, people who are more than just employees. Employees come and do tasks and then they go home. But people who are bought in, who are sold out to the vision and the ministry of the church, come and say, I'm here no matter what. I'm here to serve. What do you want me to do? That's, that's the kind of thing I love to see more of that so that when people do come, we can minister to them effectively and we can, we can help them walk through some of these difficult moments that they're going to have in 2017 so that we can celebrate with them the incredible things they're going to experience in 2017, right? So we want more, we want more of that, to build uh, more disciples, more people coming to know Jesus and better disciples, people who are following Jesus in a, in a greater, greater measure. So it's a, new, it's a new year, and just real quick before I want to show this video clip that kind of like leads into the rest of the sermon, my wife had an interesting thought this morning. I just want you to know a lot of my, a lot of my um, wardrobe comes from this very chic boutique here in town called Top of the Hill. Some of you commoners would call it Hillcrest. I would look, prefer to call it Top of the Hill. And as I picked up the shirt, this is an Abercrombie & Fitch shirt. It's a great shirt. $4. No, it's $2 on sale. It's half price. And my wife thought, as she was throwing the tag away this morning, she goes, do you ever wonder if somebody's sitting out there thinking, that's my shirt. I donated that shirt. Hey, next time, cut out the middleman, just bring it right to my house, all right? Extra large, tall would be preferable because I am a little bit long. So just cut out the middleman. I love those jokes. My wife came up with that joke. That was awesome. She's got jokes. She's funny. All right. So let's... Uh, we're at, we're gonna kill. We're gonna kill the lights. Take a look at this video. The number one resolution. What do you think it is for 2017? For any year, what do you think it is? Lose. How many think it's lose weight? Raise your hand if you think it's lose weight. Okay. Well, that's part of it, but that's actually the second one. The number one resolution is to be a better person. To be a better person. Now that's a slippery slope depending on who it is that you're comparing yourself to at the moment. Right? Like if I, if I just say, I want to be a better person, all I got to do is find somebody that's just not, just a little bit more messed up than me. And then I can say, boom, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm 12 hours in and I'm already done. Because I just find someone that's not, they don't have it together as much as I would think they should have it together. They have more problems in their life, um, more debt, more this, more that, or whatever. And I'd say, I'm a better person, better than they are. Or I could just make one simple little adjustment, uh, just a little less caffeine, a little less this, a little less that. And I can be a better person. That might help with the second issue too. I might lose a little weight in the process. But the number one resolution is to be a better person. So have you heard of uh, books on tape? You guys remember what tapes are? Some of you guys do. A lot of you do. Some of you young people have no idea what a tape is. You think it's something you like hold a box together with. Do you know what, you know, a book on CD? Now we have digital versions. We have Kindles. We have, you read these books, right? You know what those are? 
Well, on the way home on Christmas Day, or the day after Christmas Day, I had a book by Trish. And my wife started reading to me this book on the way home. It was a two-hour drive, and she, she got through um, the first couple of chapters. And in this, in this book, it generated some thought for me about this morning. And I wanted to share some thoughts from this book called Redu- uh, Recovering Redemption, a gospel-saturated perspective on how to change. Okay? It's written by a guy named Matt Chandler, who is a pretty, pretty famous uh, pastor, author, teacher, who went through a battle with cancer and came out on the other end. Um, he's alive. He's still teaching, still preaching. And a guy named Michael Snetzer. Okay? So we're not going to do a complete book review uh, on this book, but there's a, the first uh, chapter, the first couple of chapters, gave me some, some really, uh, I think, some good insight. Okay? Now, speaking of books real fast, oh, I got to get my top of, the, top of the rock price tag there. If you have not got one of these, these are gifts that are wrapped up. We gave them out on Christmas Eve. And if you didn't get one, please grab one. Okay, just a disclaimer. This is the Bible, okay? This is God's word. <laughs> it's, it's written a little bit differently because it doesn't have the, all the little numbers that go with it, which, by the way, the original Bible didn't have verses, didn't have breakdowns in the, the books, whatever. It was all written on a scroll, okay? This is the Bible, and we are going to use this as a tool Starting next month, we're going to go through this whole thing in eight weeks. You're going to read the New Testament of the Bible in eight weeks, starting out 2017. This will help you. I think it'll help you be a better person. I don't think it'll, I think it'll answer a lot of questions. It'll encourage you and challenge you. All right, so now, this wouldn't be a good tool to bring with you. I mean, bring it with you to church, but if you, when I say, hey, turn to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, verse 9, you're going to struggle with that because it's not in there. Now, Book of Romans, Romans is, but there's no verse breakdown. All right? So do not think that this, we made this up or whatever. This is the God's Word in full, all right? written in chronological order from the beginning of the story of the gospel all the way to the end of the New Testament. Okay? And so that's, this is a great to us what this book is. And I want you to take one. And even if you don't come back for the series, read it. Start out reading it. There's a... There's a guide inside there that gives you eight weeks of how to read through the whole New Testament of the Bible. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do that. You won't be disappointed. You won't get to the end of it. Well, that was a complete waste of time. Promise you, you won't feel that way. All right? So that's what this is for. Grab one if you haven't grabbed one yet. And we're going to prepare all month long to get ready to kick off these, these groups in February to go through, the, go through the whole New Testament. Okay? That's off to the side. So let's get started. So recovering redemption, how do we change via the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of Jesus? Well, there are some things that can't redeem us, things that can't help us. And for one, the first thing that we're going to talk about is it's yourself. You cannot fix yourself. Can I get an amen? Because we know it's true. It's how many of us have tried over and over again to fix ourselves. Today is the day. This is the day where I'm going to be better. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to talk better. I'm not going to swear as much. You know, I'm just, this is my own self-thought. You know, this was not that I swear a lot anyway, but I'm just going to watch my mouth. I'm just going to be careful to, be, to, say, to say all the right things. As soon as you say that, the opportunity to fail hits you right in the face. 
almost immediately, right? As soon as you say, I want to be better today, then all of a sudden I'm faced with the decision while I'm standing in the Starbucks line. Vanilla latte or just plain black coffee? But I made a commitment, right? I made a commitment, and the struggle is real. So you cannot fix yourself. We are our own worst enemy. My one-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, her doctor said she is her own worst enemy from now until the time that maybe she's, I don't know what they, the doctors say, four? I don't know. Like, she will self-destruct if you don't keep an eye on her. If you have little ones, you know exactly what that means. They are into everything. They have no sense of, uh, they have some sense of right and wrong and fear and danger or whatever. But for the most part, it's, it, everything is, it's, the world is theirs right? And they will grab onto anything. They will walk over anything. They'll just do whatever it is. And they are going to destroy themselves if we don't keep an eye on them. And we have, to, we cannot turn their back, our back on them for just a moment, right? If you've had pa- kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't had kids yet, you will know what I'm talking about one day. But we, in some sense, are the same. <laughs> we are our own worst enemy, and so listen what, the, listen what the book says. It says, we are so good at fooling ourselves. We are so sure that we can become the person that makes ourselves happy, complete, content, and confident. But even while we are breathing the scented smoke of our own betterment plans, declaring the self-hyped person to be a better God than God is, Applauding our own independence and sovereignty, we are simultaneously proving to be our own worst enemy. Like we are proving to ourselves that we cannot redeem ourselves. We just can't. Now, there are some things that we can do, some corrections that we can make, obviously that makes life better. I mean, that's just true. I mean, we can. I mean, seriously, when it comes to the cheeseburger and fries, we could go ahead and take the cheeseburger without the bun and a salad. All right, that's just better. Right? That's just some, some simple fix that we can make. But when it comes to redemption, when it comes to salvation, we cannot fix ourselves. And we, and we must not even try. That's crazy. In Jeremiah 17.5, it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That's Jeremiah 17 verse 5. Cursed is the man who puts our trust in men. To put, to put our trust in ourself. I have disappointed myself more than anybody else in this world has ever disappointed me. Does that ring true? It's just true, isn't it? And that is not for you to feel condemned. Like, cause, you know what? Because the, the good news is coming, by the way. But, but for right now, you think, man, that's just right. I, I, proved, I proved it last year. All those those things that they said they were going to do but they didn't accomplish all right so if self is not the answer what about others all right others other people will redeem me other people will help me now don't get me wrong I think it's wise to walk with wise people it says in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 that we should walk with wise people because we will become wise when we do right but a companion of fools suffers harm 
And so the truth is, is if we do walk with wise people, we're going to get wiser. If we're hanging around fools, we're going to become even more foolish. That's just reality. Friends will make you or break you. No matter what age we are, who we're hanging out with makes a difference. But when we tend to put our hope in people to change us or to rescue us or to bring about the value in our life that we think that, we, that we're desiring, you know, that's when we become disappointed. Now, now, side note, people can inspire us. You've been inspired by someone this past year, probably so. You've been challenged by someone this year. Have you been encouraged by someone? I mean, my hope is, is that uh, every single opportunity that I have, I can encourage you. I can inspire you. I can challenge you. But I cannot redeem you. I cannot save you. That's not my job. Now, I've tried. I've tried to be someone's own personal Jesus, but I come up short. I fail because I'm not him. But here's what the book says. The expectations that others can somehow become for us the answer to all of our problems is to, to put an impossible weight on them that they were never ever intended to or created or equipped to carry. It's going to make life miserable for everybody when we do that. I remember as a young man thinking to myself, she is my everything. He, you are my world. You're my everything. Stop. Really? I mean, Steve Malinowski is an incredible man. I love this man. But if he is all that Jana has, then let's pray for Jana right now. <laughs> Steve's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, don't get me wrong. Steve's an incredible guy. But he is not Jana's world. He's a part, he's a huge part of it, right? But if my wife loves me more than she loves Jesus, pray for my wife. Let's pray for her. Because I'm going to disappoint her again <laughs> at some point. Probably later on today. Because <laughs> I'm not Jesus. People cannot determine our value. Other people can't do that. We cannot be redeemed by people. All right, so Brady, so, okay, ourself, we've disappointed ourselves. We can't put our trust in other people. But man, what about all the stuff the world has to offer? I mean, we live in an incredible time, an incredible technology, and things that are available to us right at the tip of our fingers, things that we can access. It's an incredible time that we live in. But the danger is to elevate created things over the creator, right? Created things over the creator. And we might be tempted to believe the lie that stuff will somehow feel, fill up this God hole shaped in our heart that we are all birthed with. Listen, when you're born, you're born, the Bible says you're born under a curse. That is sin that has caused death in the world that we live in. We've got this incredibly ugly birthmark at birth. But at the same time, we are, we are created with this, this thing inside of us desiring something more than ourselves, something greater than who we are, something that causes us to seek it out. 
every single day of our life. And that is God because he breathed life. The, there's a song that talks about the breath in our lungs. It's his breath in your lungs. It's not even your breath. You don't own it. But he lets you have it. He breathed it into you. But we have somehow bought into the lie that, that things bring us value. And they bring us comfort. And once again, I'm not saying that there are some things that don't. Man, last night I was sitting in front of my fire. And that fire, and that fireplace, and just the modest home that we live in. I'm thinking, God, I'm laying, literally I was sitting there. I'm looking up at my ceiling. And there's like a patch of, of that acoustic stuff that's fallen down. And, you know, if you just really look closely, there's a lot of things that need to be repaired. But I'm just so grateful that I have that home to live in. But it's not that home that gives me hope, <laughs> that fills my, my inmost need. So listen to what the book says. It says, we have grabbed for things that have never failed to disappoint us in the past. I mean, think about that. There are things that we've grabbed for and grabbed for, but they always disappoint. They've never failed to disappoint us in the past. Thinking that what we must need more than anything is more of that thing. Like somehow if I just have more of it, it'll then fill up the emptiness. More of the same thing that's never been able to satisfy us before, that's the call of the world for you and for me. And it's madness. Because the world does not have what it takes to redeem you. Apart from Jesus, there is nothing this world has to offer. Nothing to redeem you doesn't mean all things are bad. I'm not saying that. Please don't hear me say that. There's some incredible things on this earth. And you've heard me say it before, this, this tool that I have in my hand, I can encourage you with it or I could destroy you with it. People could use this tool, the social media, to pray for Mariah Carey, to encourage her, lift her up, or trash her. And as human beings, we're so willing to do that, right? When somebody else falls, we just want to jump on top of that. And beat them up while they're down. Instead of lifting them up and encouraging them. This, this is an incredible tool, but we can choose how we're going to use it. It's just one of the things that this world has to offer. But listen to what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2. Now, 1 John is not the first John in the New Testament. It's, very, it's towards the very back of the Bible, right before the last few books of the Bible. And listen to what it says. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Because I want to make sure you, you differentiate between liking things and enjoying things and loving things more than the God who loves you. It says, do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desire of the eyes and the pride of life 
is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides or dwells forever. It gives us a priority list in our hearts, things that we should value and love more. So the self, self doesn't do it. Others won't do it. The things in the world won't redeem us. Okay, well, what about religion? Religion. Now that sounds like a good holy word that we can talk about at church. Religion is just a list of do's and don'ts and rules and things that we just have to abide by. Uh, uh, A grade card, if you will, between us and God. Am I doing just enough good to get God to kind of like look the other way? Or maybe just enough good to let God at least look at me for just a moment. Am I good enough? Have I not done enough enough bad things? Kind of back to the, let me just, just try to be a better person. I'll just compare myself to somebody worse than me. And we use religion as a crutch. Do you know that there are people who come to church every single week that don't even put their faith and trust in Jesus? They've put their faith and trust in a system. They think, well, I got to come to church because God will see me there and he'll like check me off the list and then I'll be okay. Somehow so that I can earn my way into heaven. But there's nothing we can do to redeem ourselves and earn our way into heaven. It's a God's gift of grace to us. And why? Because he loves us so incredibly much to the point of, of giving his own flesh and blood, his own son, to redeem us because ultimately we know the answer to this question don't we who can redeem us what can redeem us it's Jesus it's Jesus in Romans chapter 8 verse 3 and 4 it says for what the law was powerless to do because because it was weakened by the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who who do not live according to the flesh but live according to the spirit. What we, what anything else on this earth was powerless to do, God did for us in Christ by sending Christ to be an offering for our sin. That is the thing. When we put our hope and trust in that truth that Jesus did enough for me, no matter what it is that I've done in my past, no matter, no matter even what it is that I'm going to mess up in 2017, Jesus has done enough. Doesn't that make you excited? At least a little bit to think about that thought? Like Jesus, Steve might not be enough, but Jesus is enough for Jana. Right? Like, I'm not enough for Trish, but Jesus is enough for her. If I die today, my wife is in good hands. She's in the presence of the Father. And yeah, 2017 won't be what she thought it was going to be, but it'll be okay because she has Jesus. Right? Does it make sense? And she'll have others to encourage her, and she'll, she'll pull herself up by her bootstraps. She never heard that thought, you know, and she'll make it through. You know, there'll be some things in the world that'll bring her comfort. She'll be able to watch TV on her little iPad without me interrupting her. But none of that means anything compared to what she knows in Jesus. And so I think it's 
appropriate. It's appropriate that we start the new year by coming to the table to say thank you and to remember what Jesus has done for us. That's, that's what this represents. It represents his, the bread is his body, the, the juice is his blood. Now, we don't literally believe that this is his flesh and his blood, but it's a thing to remind us of the sacrifice. We can encounter the Jesus that is alive and living and coming again. We can encounter him in the table when we remember what he's done for us. We can, we can remember that we are not enough to fix ourselves and there's nobody that can help us and there's nothing in the world that can help us. Even coming to church doesn't fix it all. What Jesus has done to redeem us by his gift of his life and the shedding of his blood, that's the thing that gives us hope. And that, that's the thing that makes 2016, even if it was a really difficult year, okay because we know that not only did Jesus come one time, but he's coming again. And it says that we should do this until he comes. I told someone that, you know what, unless Jesus comes back, we're having church on New Year's Day. Well, gosh darn it, he didn't come back. I was hoping like at 1029 he would just roll in and just take all of us to be with him. But he didn't, so here we are. So we're going to do this until he comes, okay? So the worship team is going to come. We're going to sing a song. And here's how it'll work. When the music starts, you guys are going to come on up if you want to serve. You're going to stand up and you're going to go to your right. And everyone comes to the end here. And then you're going to come through here. Okay? Now, I love participatory things. <laughs> I love for you to participate in worship. And so this is a calendar that... Uh, I just had made, CVS made this for me. It's just some different pictures of different things throughout the year. And so you are going to occasionally hear me encourage you to sign up to pray for our church. Okay? Because uh, we, we can't do anything more than what we're doing until we start praying. All right? And so we want to encourage you to pray. So I picked day one. Mike, my friend Mike Morris took the last day. So we, we bookended it for you. And so even if there's 10 names on one day, you pick a day this month that you say, you know what, I will pray for the Calling Community Church on this day. Okay, now, you don't have to do this. God's not going to smite you if you don't pick up the pen. I promise you, he won't. Um, if he does, we should get that on video. That would be awesome. We're not going to show it. But I just want you to, I want to encourage you to come and so write your name down on the day that you say you'll pray. And then remember what that day is. So you can put it in your phone or your mind or whatever it is. And uh, I would love to fill up this calendar this month. And we'll do it again next month. And then come forward. And you will take a piece of bread. You'll take a cup. And then you go back to your seat. And then we'll all take it together when it's time. So there's two different um, stations to go through. Okay. And so you'll just pick one. And then, um, Eliza, do me a favor. Pick up this basket right here. Eliza's going to stand over by the uh, 
this other section over here. And if you uh, have your attendance sheet or if you came prepared to give an offering today, just place that in the basket as you come through. And I love the picture of giving before receiving. I think that's, that's appropriate. Um, God has given so much to us. And so let me pray for you right now as we get ready to share this meal together. So Lord, would we prepare ourselves to come? Maybe there are things in our life as we've listened to this message today, there are times where we have tried to redeem ourselves and we've, we've failed. And so God, we say we're sorry. God, we say we're sorry for putting hope in other people to put that much weight on another human being is not fair. And it's just, it's just not effective, God. And so we say we're sorry. God, your word says that we're not to love the things of this world, but so many times it's just easier to love those things because they're tangible. We can see them, we can touch them, we can taste them. And we've elevated those created things over you, the creator. And so God, we say we're sorry. And then Lord, just even, just even believing in a system of thinking, if I just do enough good over my bad, then I'll be okay. And we've, we've shortchanged this incredible gift you've given us in Jesus. So God, for that we say we're sorry. And Lord, even right now, maybe you're here this morning, so you know, I want to put my hope in Jesus. I want to believe that he's enough for me. That he can wash away my past. He can give me a new tomorrow, a new today. I pray that would happen today right here in this place, that people would put their faith and trust in Jesus, his gift of life, his death and his resurrection, and what it means to us as we come to remember at the table today. So come, Lord, meet us wherever it is that we're at today. Meet us right there. In Jesus' name.